Hey guys, how's it going? My name is Charlie, and I will be joining Easy Point Social and Podcast team. We took a brief hiatus with us moving around, being in different countries and states. But not to worry, we'll be releasing weekly on Wednesdays, back to regular programming. So thanks for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy. So today I'm excited to be recording a podcast with Charlie, who's one of the newest additions to the Easy Point team, based in Seattle, currently in Utah, and a world traveler that I'm excited to, to get to know better. How are you doing today, Charlie? I'm doing pretty awesome. How are you, Zach? I'm doing great. So I thought our listeners might might enjoy kind of how you got into this whole space, how you got into you know optimizing your miles and points, traveling the world. Uh, how did it all start for you? I've been very fortunate to have been traveling from a young age, like many of us. And pretty, my family's from Norway, so I have made frequent long-haul trips over the years. Too many to count, quite frankly. And then it wasn't until... You know, I, had no, I had miles, you know, I had a frequent flyer account, but I never really did anything with them. My mileage balance, you know, wasn't super high, 10, 20,000, nothing crazy. Then eventually I stumbled upon points and miles from a blogger who said that they made a international round trip ticket for about 50,000 miles and $5. And I was just like, that can't be true. That's, that doesn't exist. And then she recommended um, 10 Times Travel with Bryce Conway, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And then it all kind of went from there. I stumbled upon other blogs, such as One Mile at a Time, One Mile at a Time with Lucky, and then, of course, The Points Guy, TPG. And My I still was. Employer. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was, I was still kind of hesitant about it because I hadn't opened my first credit card yet because this was towards the end of my college career i was still kind of like hmm credit cards maybe a little risky but then if everyone else was doing it it couldn't it couldn't be that risky so i bit the bullet opened my first credit card and then it kind of all went uphill from there and then after just a couple months i had fifty thousand miles in my delta sky miles account just from not doing anything different and I just I know how confusing all the information can be, especially for people who aren't so into it, which is why we're here to help them sort it out. Nice. So what have been some of your kind of favorite bonuses and redemptions you've gotten on kind of your own personal, you know, international travel? Yeah. Um my favorite my favorite trips or my favorite redemptions or just a bonus offer. Both. Uh, I mean, all, all, all of them, just kind of your favorite kind of individual experiences kind of on this journey. I think I think I kind of had like an aha moment when I got the first sign-up bonus on the first credit card because I felt I felt kind of like sneaky that it happened since I didn't I didn't do any extra work. All I did was, as you know, switch spend from debit to credit, and it really was that simple. I was still kind of like overwhelmed but just also like extremely happy that i was able to just do that without anything really i think 
what was my first? Yeah, my first redemption. I was visiting some friends in Boston. That's where I went to school. But I moved back home to Austin, Texas. Kind of confusing with the names there. But I booked a ticket there, but I didn't book one back yet because I wasn't sure when I was coming and going. But I had stored some a lot of like skis and winter stuff, a lot of bulky items at my aunt's house in Boston. So I I begrudgingly had to check about three bags on the way home, all pretty pretty overweight. But I was able to find a one-way first-class ticket back home for 22, probably 22 and a half miles, thousand miles, if I remember correctly. Which, in hindsight, you know. Maybe not the best use of my points, but it was my first resumption, and I thought it was a good price, and it saved me a lot of money on my excess baggage and overweight fees. So in my book, it was pretty invaluable for me at the time. My best redemption, I think it's hard to say the best, because I could say some best redemption would be would be able to plan like a last-minute trip. I was able to see my family in Utah, which is actually where I am right now for 4th of July last minute for relatively cheap. But my favorite is probably being able, I like being able to share my points to miles with other people. I think a lot of us can agree upon that. And so my mom wanted to attend a, like a training seminar, some kind of event in New York City. And this was also around 4th of July. So travel gets pretty expensive, but I was able to score um, a Delta round trip for 20K plus five dollars so put that for her yeah so saved her about a thousand dollars so that's probably one of my favorite redemptions just being able to share her with that yeah redemption for your mom and five cents per point that sounds yeah. pretty ideal <laughs> yeah not no complaints on my part at all yeah no i still uh have ambitious goals of taking actually my mom specifically but you know just family and friends on on more trips as my personal balances grow. Yeah. So I also know that kind of similar to me, you've kind of, you know, started just doing this for yourself and maybe helping your mom. And then I'm sure you now have many family and friends and maybe even people outside the network that are kind of constantly helping you, asking you for help. Uh, how, how do you, how do you balance all that? Yeah. Um, with my like immediate family, that's, you know, something I'm willingly willing to do just, obviously for free to them. They, I mean, it's my close family. Like my cousin, she had, she heard about it and she had no clue. So I just kind of say like, you don't have to do that. Dive in full, full steam ahead, but maybe open this credit card and see how that works out for you. And, um, she opened, I don't remember. I think it was like a United credit card, um, the Explorer card, but friends, I guess, I also kind of like to point friends to research themselves. Um, I don't want them to always constantly ask me every question, every time they have a question personally. Maybe I'd rather have someone kind of learn how to do it themselves than kind of hold, hold on to my hand the whole time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. No, and I think that's also a good kind of mentality where it's, you know, you're helping someone fish as opposed to, you know, giving them a fish here and there. Yeah. Definitely. And I think I'll also, I like to show them like common examples of like, for example, if we go out to dinner, um, like now with some, I don't eat out too much, but you know, we'll take turns paying for dinner on one card and then 
PayPal or Venmo the friend back for dinner just so they can get the so they can get the points if if they're getting a sign up a sign up bonus or what have you. Yeah. So you have this kind of network of people that you're helping out and you know you you try to make it more sustainable so every time they do a redemption maybe they learn a little bit more they need to rely on you a little bit less they could have maybe even spread this knowledge to other people other friends other people in the community what are some of your you know kind of general advice tips that you give to these people especially those that are just starting out i think it's obvious to a lot of us that the number one rule is to not run a balance no free points and miles are worth debt but i think everyone kind of says that's their number one rule so my biggest piece of advice, I think, would be to know your own travel and spending habits and goals. For example, don't sign up for a Delta Gold Amex if you're loyal to Alaska Airlines or American mm-hmm. Airlines. That makes no sense. Or if you live like in DFW, it makes no sense, in my opinion. I think some people might get too excited by some bonuses and points that they kind of lose sight of what they actually want to get out of it. You know, if you're a big family, uh, you don't need necessarily, I mean, you could, but you don't necessarily need the lounge access or all these, the premium travel credit cards. You might, it depends on your spending habits if they're big spenders, but maybe all you want is, you know, one nice family vacation a year to Hawaii, or for example. So something like Southwest might be a good, good idea for you guys. I think that's important because I think I did that at the beginning. I started looking into getting American AA city cards, but I don't fly AA at all. And I was like, wait, wait, what am I doing? This, this doesn't make sense. So I kind of had to backtrack myself and see like, okay, what's, what's my whole point of this? What's my goal in getting miles and points and what purpose would they serve for me? Yeah. I'm glad you're thinking about it that way. Makes me feel even better about the fact that you'll be, you know, working with easy point clients and helping them on, on this journey, because that, that's really what it's all about. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, when they first learn about this, either kind of go to one extreme like us, and it's definitely a minority. And then many other people are like, Oh, this all sounds very cool, but it's kind of too overwhelming for me. But for everyone, there's generally speaking a place for this advice to meet you where, where you're at. So even if you only travel once a year, and even if you only spend $2,000 a month, there's room to get the right credit cards and use them the right way to make your life better. And it doesn't matter kind of at what scale you're doing that. Assuming you have a credit score and, you know, some expenses and or maybe the ability to do a minimal amount of manufactured spend, uh, you should be able to travel for free. That's just a wonderful world that we live in where uh, this is possible. I'm not sure how long it will last, but... You know, the, the economics of credit cards are a little complicated. And even for customers that on the surface might seem unprofitable, like you or, you or I to the banks, I've actually spoken with bankers at Chase and analysts at other banks that understand this industry, I think, better than, than most in terms specifically not of how to optimize miles and points, but how much do yeah. credit card companies make. Uh, when you don't pay your balance or when you pay your balance and what are the yeah. interchange fees and how do, how much does the, you know, of what the merchant pay go, goes back to the consumer and to advertising and how much goes to the banks. And it's just a really profitable business. So even, even if you're really maximizing the hell out of things 
unless you're just spending the minimum spend and then moving on, which I'm definitely guilty of and happy happy to be in that category. But <laughs> even sure. if you just spend a little bit more than that and and don't spend on just like the ultra bonus categories, you're probably going to be a profitable customer for the banks and be a low risk customer for the banks. So I think a lot of people feel a little bit of trepidation when getting into this feeling like, oh my God, how could this be possible? Like it's just free money. But I would, I would always say, you know, don't worry about these banks. They're doing just fine. And you, you know, having an awesome time and traveling for free a few times a year is not going to put a dent in the balance sheet. So go for it. Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of us, I mean, I know I can relate to people's trepidation at the beginning and just kind of questioning, like, is this real? Like, is this, is it, is it as good as it seems? And the answer is yes. Yes, it is. Um, at least for now. And I think that's, I know for me, that was the biggest hurdle is just be like, all right, I'm going to try it and then and see how it goes and take it from there. And I think, I think with like, that's just kind of similar with anything really to kind of taking the first step, the first like jump over the top of the hill is kind of the hardest part. And then once you're get a, once you settled in, it kind of, it's not easy, but it's, it gets easier from there and you get more comfortable with doing it. Mm-hmm. So in kind of this conversation talking about, you know, the trepidation people have and the bank's economics, uh, if you if you had to design a credit card, what would this dream credit card product look like for you? With the caveat that you know it has to be something that is realistically sustainable for the banks, can't be you know free lounge access, a thousand dollar airline credit, second night free with no annual fee. Hmm. I think well, personally, I never stay at hotels. I I don't really like them. I'm always someone who Airbnb's a place. Hmm. And I think it's Are different we both than in a Airbnbs lot. right now? Oh, I'm at my family's house, actually. Oh, okay. No, I knew you were traveling. Okay, I'm, I'm at an yeah. Airbnb myself. So. But otherwise, I would be in one. I think, I realize a lot of people don't share the same sentiments as me, but I think, uh-huh. you know, our generation, also being a millennial, a lot of us do prefer Airbnb to a traditional hotel. And I'm not sure if it would have to do with the current loyalty program since it can count as travel category, but I'd like to see a competitor to hotel credit cards. I'm not really sure how that would play out. Amex actually already has a pay with um, membership rewards points option for Airbnb, but the value on that is incredibly low. And I've, I've never used it. Um, it's pretty awful redemption, actually. Mm-hmm. So maybe some kind of, maybe that's more of an Airbnb rewards thing than, a, than an actual credit card. But Let's see. Yeah, I personally, I also don't. I don't eat out too much at restaurants. Um, usually, like once a month maximum. Yeah. So to me, dining categories are relatively useless. That also goes along with me being at Airbnb. I like to cook food, and I think if more cards offered something like uh, three times points, or even two, but preferably three or more, um, like categories like groceries. I think that would, that's something I would like. Um, I know some cards have that, like their premier reward golds. But I think that would also incentivize families to kind of select those cards over others. For example, if you have a family of four to six people that eats mostly at home, that's that's quite a bit of spending on food per month. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a big gap in the credit card market that can 
that can appeal to families, which are a big chunk of the population. And so how does that compare to, you know, the Amex Everyday Preferred, which, I mean, that just delivers outstanding value. It's, it's, is it unlimited or is there a cap? Uh, I forget off the top of my head, but I think it might be unlimited 6X on groceries, assuming you make 30 purchases a month. I know we could just look that up very quickly, but. I'm pretty sure there's a limit to that mm-hmm. after yeah, that makes I, sense. I, either like after X amount of months or X amount of spend, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has their different spending habits. So I don't know how much yeah. people would use it up, but I think the Amex, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's up to six, 5,000 max per year. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. it's something like that. And so I just, I think I would like to see more of that. I don't know. Let's see. It is kind of a tricky question because a lot of them are pretty good out there. Obviously, there's ways to be better. I've been fortunate enough to live in apartments that allow credit card payments online for a minimal fee of anywhere from like 2 to $15. I guess this isn't really realistic, but if there was some kind of bonus for paying rent via card, I'm really, really not sure how that would pan out. But that's just a thought for now. Cool. Yeah, I think definitely something with Airbnb would be good. I also know kind of on the travel agent end, so like, you know, different travel agents, uh, typically what they do is they make money by booking accommodations and flights for their customers and charging them the retail price or a little bit less. And then, you know, making money in a commission where there's no commissions on Airbnbs. So I think if there were commissions on Airbnbs, the Airbnb market would be able to reach, you know, the broader market of people that right now still just book with travel agents or, you know, corporate travelers. I know there's there's definitely some corporate travel in Airbnbs, but I still think there's room to making it more accessible. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree with that. How do you see kind of what the landscape looks like in, you know, a couple of years out, five years out? I, I've probably only been in this seriously for like three years or so. And I've already seen a ton of changes. Kind of 524 hit me over the head when I first got started. How, how do you see the landscape changing? Credit cards will always be around. I think um, I think programs, both credit card reward programs and some points programs and miles, must have sign-up bonuses and other offers to incentivize customers and edge out their competition. I, and I think the value will always be there. Otherwise, people wouldn't have an incentive, necessi- I mean, necessarily to sign up for a new card or be loyal to a certain brand or chain, what have you. Yeah, I do think the bonuses will change. I mean, we've seen changes. And it's hard to say whether they will, whether they will devalue. Obviously, we've seen lots of devaluations. I don't know by how, it's hard to say by how much, but I definitely think value will always be there. And I think more and more people are becoming invested into these programs. And I think that the programs are noticing that. And I, I personally think it's a good thing. Nice. So Charlie, what are you most excited about in terms of, you know, kind of transitioning to having, helping others with their travel and their credit cards? you know, be a big, bigger part of your life. 
Yeah, um, I think it might it might sound a little cliche, but it's it's nice being able to help people and to to see them happy and doing well, doing just as well, and being fulfilled by something. It's I know how happy and excited I was at the very beginning, and even some, even if I make a redemption these days, that might seem silly. I'm still happy about it, and I'm still just like still a little in awe because it's still something that I feel incredibly lucky to be able to partake in. And I think just being able to share that feeling of, yeah, I just took my family on a trip for free that otherwise wouldn't have been possible. Just sharing the emotion and experience of seeing someone else happy and being able to take, I guess for an example, being able to share it with family and friends, be like, yeah, that really, that really was free or minimal cost. And otherwise wouldn't have been possible if I didn't switch my spending or just took a little more organized approach to how and where I spend things. Yeah, helping more people outside the personal network with that. Sounds great, man. Happy, happy you're motivated, motivated in a similar way and looking forward to working more together. And uh, also excited. I'm, I'm sure all of you will be hearing more from Charlie on the podcast. So thanks so much for your time today uh, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Zach. Take care. Today's show was made possible by EasyPoint. Personalized miles and points consulting for you and your business all at easypoint.me.